Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Uh, so looking at all uh, angles of uh, horology this evening, um, so we're going to talk about uh, how to spot a horological marriage, or maybe a good marriage or a bad marriage, who knows, but spotting a horological marriage, okay? And just remember, um, when clock mechanisms, dials, and their cases were made, they were all made by in se separate shops in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries. So in, in a way, they're all marriages because randomly you could have put any one number of movements in. But there becomes many indicators to find and to uh, authenticate um, that, say, the certain movement, a certain dial were associated with a certain dial, the certain case for many years. So, But uh, anyway, let's talk about spotting this marriage. So, so all owners or potential owners of, of a long case clock will have asked themselves at some time or other if a movement is in the right case, the right clock case for any novices out there. And if they haven't, then they should ha they should have. And ideally before buying the clock rather than after. Those with experience will find the answer instantly by looking at the appropriate parts. But a novice may scratch his head, poke the clock with a stick, and still be no wiser. A great many long case clocks have been recased both anciently and in recent times. A clock in a non-original case is known as a marriage. And sometimes if the clock dial and mechanism don't line up so good, it's a very bad marriage. So known as a marriage of unrelated parts. So when I first began collecting and restoring clocks, it was common practice to... Um, when I did sell a clock, it was common practice to offer a clock for sale to a potential buyer who liked the clock but was not impressed by the case. So to be willing to pop it into a different case for a few extra pounds. So I don't think this still happens. I refuse to do this from the start. I refuse to do this in the future. But yes, there's been a lot of people that come into my studio saying, oh my God, look at the automation of the dial, the beautiful brass dial, and the case is so plain Jane. What can we do? Could we, could we switch? And, and obviously it's a resounding no. I don't think this still happens probably quite as much today, though I know it still happens serendipitously. Um, but those who follow the market see clocks passing through auctions and later appearing miraculously for sale in, different, in a different case. But anyone with, with real experience will often recognize a marriage in seconds just by virtue of a disparity in the age or type of the clock with those of the case. The problem is one of the inexperienced, especially for someone making his first clock case purchase. Nobody sets out deliberately intending to buy a marriage. So if you know it is, you may still decide to buy it, but you do not need to know. So how can you tell this? Well, the answer is staring you right in the face. You only have to look carefully. You can usually tell for certain if a clock was always in that case. On a similar basis, you can usually tell for, a, <laughs> tell for certain if a case 
clock was not original in that case. A very few instances remain where there is uncertainty and then you have to weigh up the pros and cons or if in doubt, just let it go. You may, with the advantage that for any anyone at any time putting a clock into a non-original case involved alterations being made. Timbers around the seat board needed cutting or wedging or both. And those signs of alteration can be always seen to be more modern than the rest of the timber work. Attempts, attempts may well have been made to camouflage these alterations, but they still are there to be seen as well as camouflage itself, which was usually some kind of a dark stain. To start with, we should imagine the situation where a clockmaker was making a new clock. He was a metal worker and bought the case from a joiner or specialist case maker. He then fitted the clock into the case. The case maker did not know in advance just which clock would be giving to that case or what its internal dimensions were to be. He would merely have been asked to supply a case in the timbers and style specified such as would fit perhaps a 10-inch dial clock or maybe a 12-inch dial clock or whatever. So therefore left the upper cases protruding into the hood area over length so that the clockmaker could cut them off himself to the height dedicated by the seaboard. Today, we sometimes call these upstands and support the seaboard as cheeks. The clockmaker did this usually neatly, in which case there would be a single saw cut along the top of each upstand and often a saw mark at the height on the backboard, where his saw just nicked it occasionally. He might have done this not quite so accurately, in which case there may be two saw marks on the backboard, or maybe a little packing on the top of the upstand to bring back the seat board into square or level and therefore to the dial to the required height. Any double saw marks on the backboard or parking, packing under the seatboard, if they exist, should appear to have been done at the same time. So this, this should appear the same age color and will not have been stained. So just look for any stain detection. So no, nobody had cause to stain saw cut marks or packing marks, trying to make them look new or look older. Other than someone putting a clock into a non-original case and trying to camouflage that fact. In fact, it is fairly safe to say that stain was never used inside a clock case, and there was no reason to stain internal timbers. So the presence of stain inside a clock case is always a warning sign to look out for of these indications. One possible, possible exception with pine cases, there were the insides were sometimes coated all over with red or blue lead paint as a preservative against wood beetle. But lead paint is very distinctive and cannot be confused with a faker's dark camouflage stain. I remember once watching a cabinet maker replacing some missing glue blocks inside a clock case, and it was a perfectly innocent task which he completed admirably, but the glue blocks were of new wood and stood out incongruously. So he dipped, he dipped a paintbrush 
into a jar of a murky liquid and he dabbed it all around the glue blocks. And instantly, if, if by magic, the glue blocks look 300 years old. Nothing sinister about it, but it makes you think, doesn't it? Sure it does. A clock fitted into a replacement case will often have retained its original seaboard. But sometimes that seaboard may have been shortened by having a bit of sawn off of its end. So an old seaboard with cleaner ends, obviously sawn more recently, is often a giveaway, especially if the old screw or nail holes in its edges have been sawn right through. A new modern or replaced seaboard obviously removes all evidence, so should always be regarded with suspicion. At some time during a clock's lifespan, one or more of the owners may have decided for security reasons to nail or screw down the seaboard into the tops of the upstands. It is not rocket science to check whether the screw or nail holes in the seaboard do in fact line up with the holes in the tops of the cheeks. If there are holes in the upstands or seaboards that don't line up, the answer is quite obvious. Original seat boards were often made purposely for the actual clocks fitting into the original case. The seat board is very often fitted across the full depth of the case front to back. Its back edge touching as far back as the backboard itself, and a full depth seat board can be quite the comforting sign. It can be sometimes obvious that a clock case was swapped round many years ago, maybe even more than a century back. But a marriage is still a marriage, however innocent or however recent. Clock weights will often rub against the inside door of the frame of a clock case. That rubbing sometimes affects different parts of the weight as the weight descends. Usually weights will wear away the inside timber on the top or bottom of the clock door frame. A 30-hour clock will wear a single rub mark at the top or bottom, or both. Some, somewhere, this tends toward the center. An eight-day clock will wear and rub two marks equally spaced across the frame. If an eight-day clock is put into a 30-hour case, its two weights will hang on either side of the single-weight rub mark, an instant giveaway. On a similar basis, the weight of a 30-hour clock in what was formerly an eight-day clock case will hang between the two weight rubs. Sometimes these rub marks are not visible, but can easily be felt by running the fingers inside the upper and lower door frame. On some clocks, the weights will still <coughs> rub down the inside of the door as the clock runs, and after many years will leave a dark vertical rub or scrape mark from the lead and, and or cast iron weights. For a clock in its original case, the rub marks down, <clears throat> down the door will line up with the position of the weights. On some clocks, usually very slim ones, we see three cutouts in the case sides, some, some, sometimes piercing right through the case side, done to allow the pendulum its full swing without tapping. I can't imagine the clock began life with a pendulum that tapped on the sides of the clock case. What probably happened was that the same was that some time later, well-intentioned restorers had the clock in for a service and decided to adjust the pallets to give the pendulum a good, healthy swing. 
When the clock was returned to the owner, it was found that the pendulum bob tapped annoyingly at the side on the side of the case. If you have ever experienced this, you'll find the first tap or two reduces the swing so that the bob no longer taps. But then the pendulum gradually builds up momentum again and starts to tap once more. This can drive an owner crazy, so many solved the, the problem by chiseling away part of the inside of the case, sometimes cutting right through it. I've even seen one clock that leaned to one side and had a hole cut down the other side to avoid tapping. But even the most foolish of owners would have cut holes in the, in the pendulum bob tapping point. So if you see a clock where the pendulum bob could not possibly meet the cutouts, the clock cannot be in its original case. On many clocks, the pendulum bob will occasionally have been scra scraped against the backboard, perhaps if the case was leaning too far back. It is a simple matter to check to see what the pendulum bob does and how it lines up with any backboard scratch marks. If the scratch marks are at the wrong height, they must have, <coughs> they must have been made by a different pendulum when the case contained a different clock in the beginning of its life. Sometimes a past owner may have replaced a damaged or shabby or even old-fashioned case by having a brand new case made for it. In this instance, there be no signs of alteration as the case stands were made to fit correctly. So unless, of course, he used the original seat board, which would reveal the usual telltale signs. But here the style will be a giveaway. A 300-year-old clock recased 200 years ago will show a display of style or timbers or both. This is actually a very unusual event, though dealers trying to sell a clock recased in recent times may sometimes pretend that it was a case of the past owner having had a new case made. In the end, you are on your own, so look carefully and be an investigator of good and or bad marriages. Okay, this is Greg Perry. Um, let's, hopefully these tips uh, enlighten some of the uh, some of the listeners to the process of identification and authentication um, uh, by using a tall case clock as the object on this episode. So signing out, Greg Perry. <laughs>